You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Make sure you check us out on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And you can find our show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Coming up, going to talk about some of the best moments of the decade. It's the last show of 2019. So there's not a whole lot of great moments for the Charlotte Hornets slash Charlotte Bob. Cats in this decade, but we're going to talk about some of the best of them. Well, that'll come up in the second segment. Third segment, going to give you some G League stats because that's the kind of show I guess we're going to have today. Hey, and then also, hey, don't poop on that. <laughs> you're gonna... pooping on things this week. You come back from Christmas, you've had too much mm-hmm. Bailey's, and now all of a sudden you're pooping on things. And I just, well, I we won't... got Kobe Simmons stats. I, you know, I didn't expect to see that, but that's hey, fine. We people care about hey, this. Is a team right now, Walker, that is focused on player development, and there is no better place to develop players than sweet, sweet Greensboro, North Carolina. And they are doing it right now, and I want to make sure that people know about it. Kudos to Devontae Graham for going to support the Greensboro Swarm, by the way. So I think he got to see that stat line. It's a great stat line. We're going to tease you, and you'll just have to listen to the third segment to catch it. We're going to lead off today, though, with... (laughs) I don't want to dump on the marketing team of the Charlotte Hornets, but... Oh, that, oh, so that's where you draw the line. So you'll poop on the Greensboro Swarm, but you won't poop on the marketing team. You draw the line there. Well, I say I don't want to. I didn't say I wasn't going to. <laughs> um, Star Wars night tonight, Doug. Big Star Wars heads, both you and I are. We have seen Star Wars. We can talk about that, maybe a little <laughs> bit of spoiler-free evaluation of it. Sure. But it's Star Wars night tonight, and what the Charlotte Hornets have decided to do is give out Terry Rozier bobbleheads. So that's cool. I have no problem with that. That sounds pretty sweet. We've done this before. Frank Kaminsky was a stormtrooper. I thought that was actually a really cool bobblehead. You might not like the player in the stormtrooper suit, but I thought it was a cool bobblehead. But they're going with uh, <laughs> Terry Juan Kenobi. And Doug, it looks nothing like him. Number and the one. name is pretty bad. Yeah, no, it's it, it looks like a 2K like generic head that they have generated for. I swear it looks like the LJ bobblehead that they did uh, for classic, one of the classic nights uh, before right. as they were transitioning from, I believe they did it as they were transitioning from Bobcats to Hornets. They were featuring several classic Hornets players and they did an LJ bobblehead. I swear to God, it looks exactly like that. And then, yeah, Terry Juan Kenobi, that's it, man. That's all we, look, I mean, you could have, you know, even like Tear R2D2, Rosier, maybe they didn't want to make him a robot, I guess, but like, I mean, or just put in quotations Jedi Terry Rosier. Like that, I think, would have even made a little bit more sense. But Terry Juan Kenobi, I don't get it, uh, but he is a Jedi and it is a bobblehead. So, you know, it is free. We can't complain too much about things that are free, but yeah, I feel like they could have. It's a tough spot because Rozier, I was trying to kind of go through my head and see if I could come up with something better. I'm sure our listeners can. Well, this is the game that we play, right? Like, this seems like the kind of thing we should have been told about. They should have called this us. seems like the team, sure. it, they should have came to us to try to figure out what kind of marketing ploy they should have implemented, what kind of names we should have come up with, because this is what we do. So I, I think this is something we should do throughout the show. If we can think of anything, sprinkle it on it throughout the show. That's what I think we should do. Well, I'll do my best, but I think they were in a tough spot because they, they wanted to make a Terry Rozier bobblehead because they didn't know about 
Devontae Graham back then. And they, you know, the, this was a, a big signing for them. So they wanted to feature him. They wanted to make him feel special. He's the lead guard, or at least he was, you know, at the beginning of the season. And then they also had to do the Star Wars promotion because the the entire NBA is doing a Star Wars promotion. And they got stuck. They got stuck because there's not a great Terry Rozier play on his name that makes sense in the Star Wars universe. But I'll say this, Star Wars has stopped making sense to me. So the whole, you know, J.J. Abrams has failed to make sense to me. So maybe this yeah, just or, feels yeah, right. you Like you had high expectations that J.J. Abrams was back in the chair, right? And no, I had low like expectations. Honestly, I had low expectations of this film, okay. and they somehow not only matched those low expectations, it got lower for me. I was like, wow. I mean, I didn't have high hopes for this film anyway, and they somehow came in under those expectations. No, I don't. I didn't yeah. like. I didn't like this film at all. Um, I think you could go to this film and have fun, but I don't think you can go to this film and feel anything. That's my spoiler-free review. Right now, they're doing it better on TV. Mandalorian. Uh, I have problems with the show, but I think it ultimately nailed the dismount. I thought the final episode made me feel something for characters that I had at that point no feelings for. So they they did it. And I, I'm excited about the second season. I'm glad the movies are over. I'm exhausted. I'm done with Star Wars movies for a while. Just let it be. Yeah, I, I think it made us too happy. Like I, I like when shows can tie everything together and make you happy and everything happens that you want that want that you want to happen. Like there are some things that you possibly will feel feel good about that you're happy about, but I, that's not what Star Wars is to me. I don't know. I think you're right. I, I like your evaluation. It's not anything that... It's a popcorn movie. You can be entertained watching it, but there's a lot of things that don't make sense to me either. So that'll be, again, maybe that's a spoiler-free evaluation on my part. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics game really coming up in just a few hours here, Doug. We're going to put this thing out early. We're doing it in the morning, different time. Uh, it feels weird, but it feels right. One thing that is notable about this game, Jalen Brown, he's ruled out of today's game with an illness and Jalen Brown, Doug, I don't know if you've seen what he's been doing this year. Dude is balling 51, 52% from the field, 40% from three. You look at him averaging 20 points per game along with Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker this season. Uh, Jalen Brown's been very good averaging seven rebounds. I, what, what an uptick in his play this season without of course, Kyrie Irving. And we know, that there was beef between those two last year. Oh, duh. Tear Ray Rozier. Ray. Could have put him in, and okay, Ray is a Jedi. Good. Excellent. Tear Ray Rozier. And it would have been kind of, uh, it would have been progressive. It would have been right up the, right up the uh, great alley and say, you know, okay, yeah, we're going to make Tear Ray Rozier. Very good. I like the contribution. Jalen Brown is very good too, Doug. What do you think of him? Oh, yeah. He's pl played really well. I mean, they look, they've got a big three now. I didn't think that Jalen Brown. Uh, Jason Tatum and Kimball Walker would be a big three. I thought that the the Celtics were going to have to win the East as a as a as a deep team with their depth, uh, but they've managed to really you know find a way for all three of those guys to be successful in the same game, and that's you know that's scary for a lot of these Eastern Conference teams. I, I love, I mean, I, I like watching the Boston Celtics as much as it hurts me to watch Kimball Walker succeed somewhere else. I love watching the Boston Celtics. I think they're they're a very fun team to watch play basketball. Yeah, Kemba's been good this year. We already know. I mean, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have had a resurgence this season. Even though Tatum, I mean, I think there's a couple people. I, I saw, I think it was Josh Eberle tweeting about Jason Tatum, comparing him to other guys that are 25 or younger. 
And it seemed like there was quite a few people that are a little bit more down on Tatum, the way that he's been playing only 42% from the field and 36% from three. So it's solid, but it doesn't seem like he's taken a huge next step. I mean, you see the total points go up for him scoring 21 a game, but the efficiency, it's not like it's great. People talked about his summer with Kobe, his offseason with Kobe, where, of course, Kobe just forces him to take the mid-range inefficient shots. We'll see if Jason Tatum can kind of bounce back and become a little bit more efficient player. But to me, you know, it's been a little bit different watching him. Jalen Brown has been excellent. Kemba's been excellent, though. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday just before a matinee game against the Boston Celtics. Whether it's sports, work, or just getting through your day, we all know physical fitness is important. But if you want to stay on top of your game, you have to take care of your mental fitness as well. That's why you need Calm. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and they've teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. And if you head to Calm.com, C-A-L-M, again, C-A-L-M.com, Locked On NBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves and so much more, like Mm. sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using Calm with 40% discount to an annual membership at Calm.com. Again, C-A-L-M.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at Calm.com slash NBA. Again, that's Calm.com slash NBA. We'll take a break and be back with more here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. That is so Stu God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body. And then mid making fun of other people doing that, you said, I will say this, though, mm-hmm. the guy that I think his body changed. That's correct. Yeah, well, little, you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 2040 vision. So okay. um, that me, I'm pretty sure. What, or is it 4020 vision? Whatever means that I have great like eagle eye vision. That's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save Tonight, one of my favorite songs. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's been a rough decade for Bobcats slash Hornets fans. We're going to try to pick out the best moments of the decade. There's a couple serious ones. There's a couple of funny ones. It's pretty depressing when you think of lack of good moments that have happened in the 2010s. But, Doug, we've picked them out. We're going to share them with the listeners. Feel free to tweet at us, at Locked On Hornets, if we missed one. Again, at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, LOH. If we missed one, feel free to tweet at us what you think should be on this list. But let's get the serious ones out of the way first, and then let's get to some of the more fun ones. Um, Doug, I think my favorite moment of the decade, I had so much fun watching that Charlotte Hornets Heat first-round series. Game five, if we want to limit it to a play, a game specifically game five when Courtney Lee hits the game winning shot. I just remember it's the first sign of hope that we've had in the postseason. where, man, are we going to take down Dwayne Wade or the Hornets after suffering all those years of being awful Bobcats teams? Are we actually going to get to the second round for the first time this decade? This is going to be great. And there was a real chance to do so game seven. You know, that was a complete flop. We all know that game six, it was really close. But game five, Courtney Lee hits the game winner. They go up 3-2. 
gives us a moment of hope in the postseason that we hadn't experienced in a long time. That's my favorite moment of the decade. That's the most excitement I experienced as a Hornets fan this decade. Terren Rozier. If you wanted to go like Sith side, you could do Terren Rozier. You'd probably have to throw some quotation marks in there, but you could dress him up in the black robes and the Sith. You know, they had Frank Kaminsky as a stormtrooper, so you didn't want to do that again, kind of jinx Terry Rozier in that way, but you could have gone Terren Rozier. That would have made some sense instead of Ter, you know, Terry Juan Kenobi or whatever they did. So not a went on a Dan Favalli article that he had. Dan Favalli of Bleacher Report does great stuff, kind of went over the best moment of the decade for each franchise. And he reached out to Nada and Nada mentioned that Kemba breaking the franchise scoring record was the best moment in uh yeah. for the 2010s for the Charlotte Hornets. Emotional How would you night. compare Kimba breaking the franchise scoring record to the 2016 Heat first round series? Well, I think that the Heat series was definitely, it was two different emotions, I think, because the Heat first round series was like, there was a lot of excitement. There was some hope. Oh my gosh, are they going to finally uh, get that first round series win? There were so many exciting moments that led up to it. And then you had, on the opposite side of that, you had the, the just terrible disappointment of losing um, and the purple shirt guy and Dwayne Wade doing things that Dwayne Wade had not done all season, hitting three-point shots like never, like he had not done all season and sinking the Hornets. So you had both sides of that. With Kimba breaking the franchise scoring record, it was emotional because it felt like an ending, right? It didn't feel like, oh, man, this is, this is amazing and we've got a few more years left. It felt like an ending. And he had to, you know, that went to overtime. He got an opportunity to do it in that home because otherwise had it not had he not done it in that game I believe he would have had to go to Washington to do it and that would have stunk if he couldn't have done it in front of his home fans so um there was, it was serendipitous that game and and I just remember it being emotional I wasn't emotional during his last game and I wasn't emotional during his return but I was emotional when he broke the franchise scoring record because it, it meant that you know he cemented himself as the best Hornet of all time yeah i I kind of felt the opposite. Like I was emotional for Kimba's last name or game last name. Of course, I am emotional for his last name. It's my first name, but I was emotional for his last game. <laughs> I thought Kimba leaving like you knew there was a really good possibility that this was going to be the end of watching Kimba and watching him break the scoring record that it was just just didn't mean a ton to me as far as that particular game. Of course, when you take a step back, yeah, we already knew that Kimball Walker was the best player in franchise history. I didn't need him to be the leading scorer to validate that for me. And it would, it came in a loss where LeBron stole the show, right? LeBron scored, I think, 41 that game. And it, it stole the show uh, from Kimba breaking that record. He did it on a reverse layup. He got a lot of those points in extreme garbage time where they weren't going to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. So while it's a great accomplishment, I didn't need that to validate Kimba being the best Hornet of all time. And it was just such a doo-doo game that it happened in. It was really cool that it happened in front of the home crowd. I'm with you. I'm glad it happened there. But I kind of felt the opposite when watching that. A couple of other moments. Kimba goes for 60. I loved watching Kimba explode for 60 points against Philadelphia. Now, I do kind of contradict myself because it's almost like Jimmy stole the moment when Jimmy Butler hit that game-winning three. It's just still, you had excitement up until the very end of that game. And I, I absolutely 
enjoyed watching Kemba score 60 as much as really any regular season game, even if it did end up in a loss. There was the 50-burger that he put on Utah in a win on Martin Luther King Day. Yep. That was another exciting Kemba game, even though, I mean, obviously it's not 60, but you, you can't scoff at a 50-burger. Uh, no, my, my My most exciting moment of this decade uh, was the Miracle After Midnight. Uh, this fans of this show are are familiar <laughs> with the Miracle After Midnight. We actually we got uh, we got it into the Hornets lexicon. We started that, and then uh, Eric Collins brings it up whenever they play the Sacramento Kings now. So that's kind of a it's kind of a cool impact that this show has had on the on the Hornets lexicon. Uh, but the Miracle After Midnight happened in Sacramento on January twenty fifth, twenty sixteen. This was a double overtime game in Sacramento. So thus the After Midnight. Here's the starting lineup for that game, okay? And this was when the Sacramento Kings, by the way, had DeMarcus Cousins. This was a good Kings team. The 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 uh, Kings were rolling out Rondo, McLemore, Collie Stein, Rudy Gay, DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins drops 56 on the Hornets in this game and fouls out half the team in double overtime. He would always kill the Hornets. Right. And the Hornets, well, because the Hornets were rolling out Kimball Walker, Jeremy Lin, Spencer Hawes, Marvin Williams, P.J. Hairston, but the the savior of this game was actually Troy Daniels, 31 minutes in this game, 28 points, and the winning three-point shot, deep three, and only five points scored in that in that second overtime. Three of those, the game winner. Uh, well, not technically the game winner. It was the game decider. There were nine seconds left that they had to make one defensive play. But yes, there was nobody on the Hornets that could guard DeMarcus Cousins. He had 56 and 12 rebounds in 46 minutes. Uh, but I, I think Hansborough fouled out of that game. Kaminsky fouled out of that game. Um, I think Hawes eventually fouled out too. So it was just a crazy, nutty game, and they got the win in Sleep Train Arena. Amazing moment. And one of the – no, not one of. It was the most exciting game. It's barely eclipsing that first game that the Hornets came back uh, against Milwaukee, and Kemba helped lift them over – uh, the Milwaukee Bucks after being down 20 points uh, in the first half to get that first game back as the Hornets. That was, it barely eclipsed that just because of how crazy that game was in Sacramento. I remember we interviewed Mo Williams and when he came over through that trade and we asked him because Troy Daniels was the footnote of that trade. We asked him, hey, just what should we know about Troy Daniels? Mo thought about it for a little bit. He said, he can shoot the hell out the ball. That was all he said. So that Troy boy can shoot. Oh, Troy. I mean, it was it was fantastic, and I, I think he's still he's still floating around there doing some things. So that's good. Yeah. Well, who does he play for now? I mean, he was a Laker last he's year, Laker, wasn't he? For a little bit. Yeah. I feel like he's like a Jazz. I'll look it up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> please, please do. Uh, the other moments we'll try to roll through these pretty quickly. Al Jefferson being signed. That's not a great moment that we remember him being signed, but that whole season he makes third team All NBA becomes a beloved player for the franchise, despite not a very long career with the franchise. And he fizzled out pretty quickly. I mean, it was a great year. And then it was, and you started to see him trend downward pretty quickly. Well, but, but we all love but, Al. But in that series against the Heat that you so love, it was yep. it was Al Jefferson that turned that series around because in the first two games, the Miami Heat completely shut down Kimba Walker and Jeremy Lin. They they just threw as many players as possible and were they were really aggressive at the three-point line. And it was only when they started big Al Jefferson that he was the release valve. He he allowed the Hornets to run some competent offense. So he had one last gasp. Yeah. And and how about Al Jefferson? giving it his all playing with, uh, what is it, plantar fasciitis in that first series that they had against right. the Orlando Magic. And I remember they discussed 
Or was it the, the excuse heat, me, it was Miami, heat. not yeah, Orlando. It was, the LeBron, it was the LeBron James Heat. Yeah, my bad. No, Orlando was the Gerald Wallace series at the beginning. Yep. Uh, no, with, with the Miami Heat series, I remember we you had them get, on, You right? can't get confused about these, Walker. We don't have many of them. <laughs> it's not like we no, have know. You know, multiple For some players. Reason, I went back all the way back at the beginning of the decade. But no, against the Miami Heat, I remember we had Al Jefferson on, and it was a great interview that we had with Al. Yeah. And I think it was Nada who asked him, how many games are you getting on the Heat if you don't have that injury? And he said, oh, at least a couple, which, you know, I love. I knew we were going to get that answer, but it's great. I also thought that was a really cool moment, him trying to go out there and play as hard as he could, despite plantar fasciitis being extremely painful. You know, doctors talk about if you can handle the pain, then you can go out there and play. And sure enough, I'll try to do that for the Bobcats. Um, some other moments, Dwight Howard getting up free throws after every single loss every and single it's still one. not working for him. Every single one. I, how can how can you right. forget? I mean, we got to go in the wayback machine, but how can you forget 2012? Paul Silas reportedly choked out Tyrus Thomas in the locker room. Reportedly, Paul reportedly. Silas is a huge human being. I put that tweet out. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago, how Paul Silas just walks into a room and he daps everybody up. Just the smoothest, the coolest dude in the arena every single time he enters. He's huge, man. I, he's such a big dude. I believe that he choked out Tyrus Thomas. I believe it too. Uh, how can we forget Rich Cho, general manager at the time, calling Dwayne Bacon Dwayne Wade and forever cursing his career? Yeah, we thought that would be the parting gift left by Rich Cho. Okay, nice little second-round pick after a history of awful draft picks or draft picks that didn't pan out to what we hoped they'd be. Nice little prize, nice little present that you left us with Dwayne Bacon. Hasn't worked out at least so far this year. Can't imagine that it gets much better. Hopefully, I'm wrong about that. Jeremy Lamb's half-court shot versus Toronto. That was awesome. Oh, That's man. one that absolutely should be up there. Is that top five of the decade? Or is, is it just, is it not meaningful enough? Yeah, it, it lacked meaning. It was definitely, it was yeah. super exciting. But it, I think, yeah, when you're talking about moments, I'm going to go Kemba 60, Kemba 50, breaking the franchise scoring record, some of those yeah. Hornets Heats games, the the Miracle After Midnight, the comeback. Uh, yeah, I'm okay, going to so throw down all those in there. For you. I think so. Just because, I mean, Rich it was so calling Dwayne Bacon, Dwayne Wade, Paul Silas oh, yeah. choking out Tyrus Thomas. Oh, well, there was a lot of meaning when it comes to Paul Silas choking out Tyrus Thomas. It meant that the Bobcats were the most miserable. It meant, that's what I'm trying to tell people who are like, oh, man, the Hornets are really bad right now. I'm like, you don't know bad. You don't no, you know don't. bad until your head coach goes in and tries to choke out one of your more talented players on the team. And the fact that one of your more talented players on your team is Tyrus Thomas. So those were the moments that. of the decade, at least for us. Those are the moments that we could come up with. Again, feel free to tweet at us at Lockdown Hornets if you have a moment that we did not mention that you think should have been mentioned. Although maybe this G League stat line can be mentioned with the best moments of the decade. We'll talk about it nice next try. year on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. <laughs> this is Locked On Hornets. But give me some positives. As that would annoy me as a head coach. I'd be like, look, you you can't lose to the Bulls by twenty and come away and go, well, you know, let's look for some silver linings. Silver lining, game over. Next game. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. How about this for a silver lining? We got some good numbers being put up by the, well, not by the Greensboro Swarm, but at least one individual player by the Greensboro Swarm playing for them. Uh, how about this stat line for Kobe Simmons of the G League? Kobe Simmons put up 32 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and two blocks in his last game. So Kobe Simmons, a guy that we thought could possibly make the roster for the Charlotte Hornets team, be that third point guard, Devontae Graham explodes. Mm -hmm. We 
don't have enough room for him up here to be on the active roster. But Kobe Simmons putting up a good G League stat line, Doug, does that mean anything to you? Well, I'll tell you that uh, Kobe Simmons is really one of the only of the hangers-on that didn't end up making the roster this year, the main roster. Kobe Simmons was the player that I thought in preseason and summer league impressed me the most. He was a player that I said back then looked the most like an NBA-ready player. And you have to remember that this Hornets team right now is featuring a lot of veterans that they can't get rid of, and those are roster spots. I think in another universe where they they don't have a Nick Batum contract or a Marvin Williams contract or a Bismack Biombo contract, you're seeing Kobe Simmons playing in the NBA right now. You might even be seeing Robert Franks play in the NBA right now. He is... Franks is putting up seven threes a game. He's scoring about 18 points a game and five rebounds. So he's playing well as well. I think once some of these contracts start coming off the books, I hope at least the Hornets don't refill the refill those contracts with other veterans and instead look to some of these players that they are developing, bring those players up. Yes, the team will get worse, but I think in, in terms of the future, they will be better off. And I think Mitch Kupchak's comments at the beginning of the season ease my mind about that. Not mine. I, well, his comments were that you throw a dart at a dartboard trying to hit as much as you possibly can and maybe a couple pans out, maybe you hit bullseye on one of them. <laughs> Is that how you, you know? play darts? I'm not sure. I'm not sure Mitch Kupchak understands the rules of darts. Just all you have to do in darts is you take 12 darts and you throw them all at the same time. That's how you play darts. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna hit bullseye if you take a shot at a veteran. It's called darts for a reason. You why were the comments? Why were the comments scary to you? Oh, just because I don't believe them. I don't have that oh, trust. Okay. You so know, you we talked about this with we talked about this with Rick uh, Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. I think the fan base in general is not they're not willing to trust this franchise to not jerk the wheel again and try to win now. So until I'm proven wrong about that, and they do start to really invest in player development, then I'm, I'm not going to believe it. I'm, I'm, I am operating under the assumption that this team is going after Andre Drummond and DeMar DeRozan until proven otherwise. <laughs> sure. That's fair. No, that's fair if you don't believe it. I thought you might have had some other comments that he said, but no, that's fair. I, I do think by the comments that he said, maybe my mind is eased a little bit more in that Mitch Kupchak wants to have a lot of this, this young talent in the system Maybe one of them turns it into a NBA rotational player. And so I, I think those comments, yeah, that that's that's the strategy I hope is implemented here. One thing about Robert Franks, Rick Bennell tweeted a great tweet, said Hornets two-way player Robert Franks wears the shortest shorts you'll see these days in basketball. Who Not quite John short, Stockton short, but at least Joe Dumar Franks short. Now, these short, things are coming shorts. back, though. Yeah. I think a lot of people actually sport the short shorts these days. And right. it's funny how history repeats itself. There's a lot of players doing that. Well, you know what it is. It's always the, the the most iconic player in the league who sets the fashion trend. It's so LeBron James has brought back he's he's heightened the seam a little bit in his in his Lakers uniform. And so you're just going to see that cascade down. And it makes sense because actually if you look back at the history of the NBA, at least legend has it, it was Michael Jordan who started the trend of longer shorts because you know he used to like tug on his shorts when he played when he got back on defense he would tug on his shorts and so uh, you know again legend I don't know if this is actually true but the legend has it that he went back and said hey can you take the seams out in the shorts a little bit because when I tug them down I'm almost pulling them off me and so they did that and that started the trend of the longer shorts and now you have LeBron James full circle saying no hike those bad boys up also by the way Troy Daniels is a Laker that's what I thought he was. But yeah, I remember. And of course, you have the Fab Five 
who constantly looked for the biggest shorts they possibly could. Jalen Rose mm-hmm. mentioned that and that Fab Five documentary, which is fantastic. They wanted to look for the biggest shorts. Same with me. So our high school basketball team, they didn't go all the way back to the John Stockton shorts era, as Rick Bennell suggests here. They didn't go that short. But I wanted them pretty close to my knees. And so, therefore, I always was rewarded because I was always one of the taller players on the team. But I even tried to get the triple X shorts. Like, I wanted them for the big boys when I really didn't need them because they were so much longer. Well, you listen, you go short enough on the shorts and you'll be Mm -hmm. triple X. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It'll be X rated for sure. The swarm, they're not very good, Doug. Kobe Simmons might be good, but the swarm's not very good. They're last place in the Eastern Conference at four and 15. And they currently have lost seven straight. So if there's any bright spot about the Greensboro Swarm right now and who to take up here on the roster, Kobe Simmons looks like might be the only guy. We'll see about Robert Franks, but Kobe Simmons is the guy that's balling. You go short enough on those shorts, you'll really be playing ball. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. That was fantastic. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. We'll be back with a Boston Celtics recap. Hope you had a good 2019 and have a happy new year. Terre Rosier, it was right there. Ooh.